hug or a handshake or a good morning. Wanted to thank um, Roger. He got a 24-hour notice to lead worship. So uh, thank you, Roger, for jumping in in season. So good. All right. Give him a big hug. Well, a couple, um, couple up updates. Yesterday was our food ministry outreach. Uh, 155 individuals sign in, but they always bring grandparents, kids, like the whole bit. So uh, yesterday, we'll have served over 450 people with food out there plus prayer. Um, and uh, I had to leave about 8.45 for a pastor's meeting, came back after, but I heard it was just an awesome, awesome day. So blessings, uh, always a blessing. So our next one is March 9th and March 23rd. March 9th, second and fourth Saturdays of the month. March 2nd, this next, I mean, we're into March already. Is that crazy? March 2nd, men's and women's breakfast. Uh, you can go to our website, 8 o'clock. Uh, at Anya's Kitchen at the San Gabriel Valley uh, Airport. And then mark down Easter Sundays early this year. It's March 31st. So always tell me it sneaks in right there. So March 31st uh, is Easter Sunday. So you have those, those things down. So I have a, a verse I want to read today for our tithes and our offerings. And this is um, out of... Um, Psalm chapter 5, verse 11. Psalm 511. And let's all say this verse together. In fact, that first part is what I'm reading. Say this with me. But let all those who rejoice, who put their trust in you. Let's say that again. But let all those rejoice, who put their trust in you. And that's part of our giving to the Lord is our trust. You know, it's interesting on our money, it says what? In God we trust funny that we have that on our uh, currency and God we trust. We're told in the scriptures our trust always, right, is in the Lord. So as we do each and every week, I'm going to put a prayer up on the screen. Would you pray this as if you're the only one here today and you're praying it between uh, yourself and your Father God. Let's pray this together. Ready? As I give in today's offering, Lord, I place all my trust in you knowing that you are faithful and true. I rejoice in your presence, knowing that you are my ever-present help in times of need. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. He's my ever-present help in times of need. If you're giving today in service, there's an offering envelope in the seat back pocket in front of you. You can take that envelope with your offering and place it on the slot on the wall as you exit today. Go to our website, hillschurcharcadia.org. You can give online and download today's notes. You can download all of those so I don't have to go through this for the next three hours. No, not three hours. Download the notes. Go through them throughout the week. Well, if you have your Bibles, um, open again to Mark chapter 4. Mark chapter 4, my title today is The Good Ground. We're going to look at the good ground that Jesus talked about. Each week we've read this verse to start it off, and then this is Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 through 7. Colossians 2, 6 through 7, and it says this, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, 
also walk in him, rooted and built up in him. So notice we see walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding with thanksgiving. Now notice the scriptures tell me, I am responsible for walking in him, being rooted in him, and built up in him. And that's the analogy that we get in the scripture is that of like agricultural picture, rooted, built up in him. So we read that verse, which takes us to Mark chapter 4, verse 3, and Jesus' words that we've been mentioning every week. And he starts with this word, and he says this in Mark 4, 3, listen. So look at somebody, and don't yell it at them, though. Listen, right? My pastor in Almani was famous for that one word. But he didn't say it like mellow. It was always loud. And boy, listen, right? That was like the attention. Well, you and I probably use a word like that. You want somebody to stop, and you want somebody to listen what you're about to say next. And Jesus is going to talk about the sower that sows the word. You may have heard this story before, but on the last day of hunting season, there was a doctor, a lawyer, and a pastor that went out hunting. And right before the sun was about to go down, when you cannot you know, shoot on any animal before, they all saw this ginormous buck coming across the horizon, and almost in unison on the count of three, they all fired the rifle, and all of them thought that they hit the buck. They went running out because sun was setting, and they looked at the deer, and they began to argue, right? The doctor, the lawyer, about who killed this buck. Each one of them had an argument. It was them, right? It was their rifle, their shot, until a game warden happened to come by. And he saw a commotion, and then he began to hear the argument. And he went up and he says, gentlemen, what's going on? And they all started to say that each one of them shot the buck. And he says, let me examine it. I can let you know who shot it. It just took him a mere five seconds. And he says, the pastor's the one that shot it. And the doctor and lawyer said, You've got to be kidding. How do you know that the pastor shot it? We have the same rifle. We have the same ammunition. He said, because it went in one ear and out the other. (laughs) We're all guilty of that, aren't we? (laughs) Somebody's like, (laughs) is the buck alive still? All of us do that. We'll take some truth and it goes in one ear. Any of you raising kids, it went in one ear, right, and out the other, and you wanted it to stop and bounce around uh, in their head. Well, Jesus wants us to listen. Did Adam and Eve listen? They didn't listen. You can eat of every tree except this one. What did they go to? The one. They didn't listen. Children of Israel, did they listen to God in the middle of the wilderness and get right to the promised land? No, they didn't listen to God. And so they spent 40 years wandering around in a big circle. So it lets us know that not everybody that hears or listens to the gospel receives and hears the gospel. We have to listen. We have to open up our heart, stop the distractions. You know, we're so used to instant everything. We have in our cupboard, does anybody have the minute rice? Right? Minute rice. 15-minute oil change. Why, delivery, same-day delivery. 
We're used to this instant, 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 and Jesus uses this analogy of a seed being planted. So in Mark 4, verse 26 through 29, I want to remind all of us this one verse, that Jesus gives us insight to how God's kingdom operates. And here's what he said. And he said, the kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground and should sleep by night and rise by day and the seed should sprout and grow. He himself does not know how. For the earth yields crops by itself. First the blade, then the head, after the full grain in the head. But when the grain ripens, immediately he puts in the sickle because the harvest has come. Now we looked at verse 28 a couple weeks ago where Jesus said the crop, it yields crops by itself, or the original language is the word automate. We understand that when you plant a seed, we have those big words, right? The germination process takes place. The seed begins to break forth. It begins to come up. There's photosynthesis. We, we understand that, but do we really know how it works? We don't. God did, though. God knows how that seed works. And that's why Jesus says the kingdom of God is exactly like that. That word that gets planted in the heart, there is this automatic thing that it's going to begin to grow as we're responsible enough to water it, as we're responsible enough to listen to him. It's going to begin to grow or to automate. But in the four soils, and Jesus makes it, how many of you are glad that there's only four soils and not 1,507, right? So we're on, we're on number 1,500 finally after seven years of the soil, four soils. And he says the first one is the wayside, and Satan comes to steal the word that was heard, right? He wants to steal that word. Second is the stony ground. The stones weren't removed. And so when the seed came down, it couldn't get in the ground. It shot up. It looked like a good seed, but the sun came out and scorched it, and it died. Third ground we looked at last week were the thorns. They weren't removed. And when the seed came, the thorns choked the word. So think about that for a minute. The thorns choked out the word. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the desires choke the word but we read in the bible that god's word does not return void but those very three things can choke out the power of god's word at work in somebody's heart the four soil today the good soil look at somebody and say you know you're good dirt That's where the heart is plowed. Remember the rototill we used to rent years ago and you'd till up the ground, you'd get everything out so that that ground was ready to receive the seed. Well, that's what Jesus was going to talk about in this fourth soil. So we read this in Mark chapter 4, uh, verses 8 and 9. This is the parable part that he tells the people. He said, but some seed fell on good ground. And it yielded a crop that sprang up, increased, and produced some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100. And in verse 9 he says, but he says then, 
He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now he explains this parable to the disciples in one verse, right? In one verse, verse 20, he said, But these are the ones sown on good ground. Those who hear the word accept it and bear fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some a hundred. Father, we pray as we look at this verse, this one verse, that, Lord, that our hearts, that the desire of our heart is our heart is always a good ground for the seed of your word. It is life to those who find it. It is health to all of their flesh. Lord, let our hearts today be the good ground of your word being planted on the inside of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You know, it's powerful when some, you ever had somebody say a word to you and it bothered you so much that it stayed in your head and you thought about it and it discouraged you. Isn't it funny how one little thought, and yet we read this and we think we read those, that seed of the word in good ground in our heart not only just produces, it produces, Jesus said, 30-fold, 60-fold, and some 100. Now, I'm not going to jump ahead, but read verse 35 later because it says in the Bible on the same day. So on the very same day, there was a challenge that uh, the Jesus and the disciples would face, and it was a huge storm. And not one disciple did anything but probably scream like a bunch of, you know, scared little children of the storm. But Jesus was able to instantly take care of the storm. Peace be still to the wind, and the waves settled. Not anybody else said anything. They had not grown in that place, but instantly there was that opportunity for them to at least pray, but it scared them on the same day. See, what's powerful with God's word in our heart is sometimes we face those things on the same day, next Thursday, 2025, that we're prepared as we've allowed God's word, that seed, that most important seed to get in the ground of our heart. A Jewish farmer, if they heard a 10% increase, that would like blow their mind because they were used to animals, right? Birds, uh, pestilence, drought. They were used to all of those things. They would plant and they would hope to get this part of this harvest. So when Jesus says 30, 60, 100 fold, that's almost like crazy talk. How could it be? so much but it's a wow to them it should be a wow to us that there would be a growth like that you know i I looked this up last night i think my savings account you get like one and a quarter percent interest Woo! right one percent i get my statement the end of the year you know you got five dollars right to to do in your taxes Woo! five bucks one percent or you get so you think like one percent and you think it's really nothing 30, 60, 100 fold. That's what Jesus promised. I want to look at that. There's a transformative power of the word of God when it falls into the hearts or what Jesus says is fertile soil. It's all about the heart. It's all about our our hearts receiving it. If you've heard something in God's word, there's always something that gets us excited. There's always something that gets us uh, encouraged. 
stirred up, and there's always something that will challenge us. And that's many times that we see in the Bible that people couldn't do what Jesus said. It just seemed too hard. But he, he knew on the other side there was so much life, abundant life. Rich young ruler, I mentioned earlier, Jesus sees such a huge potential, but he gives them the, he gives them the hardest thing to do, sell everything you have, give it to the poor, and come follow me. And he was sad at that word. He was sad at that word because those things had him. He couldn't do the very thing that Jesus says. That's why the things that Jesus says to us, again, encouraging, exciting, challenging, seemingly impossible, but that seed will grow and that seed will produce. Notice what Jesus promised in our lives, a great harvest, a great harvest. Not just, you're going to just get by. A great harvest will be produced as that seed gets on you. So the question really is, do I have a soft heart before the Lord? Do I have an open heart? We sang that song, open the eyes of my heart. Do I have an open heart that he can say those things or deposit those things on the inside of us so that I can grow? You know, we read this verse, Genesis chapter 26, verse 12, if you've ever read this before, the Bible says this, that Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. So we just said 30, 60, 100-fold. To our minds, that's hard to grasp. He sows in the land during a time of famine, and he receives a hundredfold. Boom, right? That was that different blessing. Well, we understand that, but we need to understand the power of God's word. So when God said in Genesis, let there be light. Well, not only was light there, but scientists tell us today that our universe is still expanding. Could it be from those very words of let there be light that that word continues to expand our universe because of God's very words, right? That's the power of these words being deposited on our heart, and Jesus uses those words, those that accept it. Those that receive it are going to see growth. In fact, we're going to look at it in a minute. The growth isn't to impress anybody. That's not what it's about. Do you know how many scriptures I have memorized? Do you know how many books of the Bible I read this week? No, that, that's called pride, isn't it? It's about growth for us on the inside. It's about growth for us in uh, what Jesus saw, even in his disciples, that they, they would grow. So I thought about some Bible characters that I was trying to think about that really grew up. And there's a bunch of them, but I thought about Saul in the New Testament. We've looked at Saul before on Sundays. Uh, actually, we would say this. If Saul was here today, he would hate you. In fact, his goal today, Saul would be to haul you and your family into prison. And then if he could, have you killed. That would be Saul. But on the road to Damascus, he was completely changed by an encounter with Jesus. Later, he would be referred to as Paul. A complete change that he could go from looking at you, wanting to murder you, to now looking at you and loving you because of Jesus in his life. How many of you know somebody just like that? I was thinking, that's a few people I know like that. 
right? Complete change. Well, we can look at that and say that's probably a hundredfold return on a change that happened on the inside. And that God would take him and use him to write a third of our New Testament from somebody that absolutely hated Jesus, the name of Jesus, the church, everything the Christian stood for, hated, hated, hated. Now I love him with my entire life and I'll give my life up to serve his church. That's a hundred, that's a hundredfold. That's, that's a radical change. Abram and Sarai, that God would say, leave your family, leave your land, and go to a place that I'll show you. You gotta be crazy, right? You'll show us, show us, right? Show us on a map. No, I'll show you. And they would follow this God that they had not known. In fact, we read about Abram. He worshiped the sun and the moon and the stars, just like his father did. But there was something that changed in him when God began to direct him, but he had to step out and follow exactly what God said. And look what God did through his life with Isaac, as we just read about, descendants, uh, about the favor that he had. We could go over and over about, you can look up uh, many Bible characters, look in Hebrews chapter 11, people that are not named, but stood for what God had in their life and trusted him and had faith exactly in his word. So the, the thing that Jesus looks at us is he looks at us on the inside, the in, in, internal. This morning I did my hair and I look into a mirror. You probably did the same thing, or maybe you forgot to look in a mirror today and hopefully you feel like you're looking okay. But we check everything out, we make sure we're ironed up, we make sure we're off and we go, but Jesus looks at the inside. It's the most important part of us. The growth that maybe somebody else doesn't see, but I, I, am I growing inside? You know, um, when your kids were little, did you have them stand up against one of the doorposts and you measured their height and you wrote in a date and they got a little bit taller? You know, when we were in school, do you remember the girls outgrew the boys? There was always like the girls would outshoot the boys, and then they'd pick on the boys because they're taller, right? And they'd point down, but then we caught up, and then we picked on the girls. And they tried to chase us at recess, but they couldn't catch us because we were faster than all of those girls. But then you had where some boys got taller than you, right? They outgrew you, and then you caught up and outgrew them, right? There was always... There was always some growth going on. It was visible. It was noticeable. Well, the growth Jesus talks about, it happens from the inside and comes out, right? We're going to look in a few weeks. The fruit of the Spirit is part of that growth. I read those words that are long-suffering. I feel like I read it, it's like long-suffering, right? How about self-control? You know, we read some of those words. That's part of the, the fruit of the Spirit. It starts with love. Can I love others around me? Can I love difficult people? Well, Jesus talks about it happens on the inside and then out. Interesting that our battles tend to be inside out. Our battles tend to be in our, our heads. Nobody else might see the battle going on, but it becomes in our head. It's that inside out game. And the Word of God is not a game. It's life to those that find it. So the emphasis of this abundance really is Jesus saying, are you truly listening to my teaching 
and are you applying it to your life? He's not saying this is a suggestion, is the impact of your living is going to be because of that seed getting planted in your heart. You know, we, um, I was moving some plants in our backyard, and there's a, a corn thing growing about this tall. And it grew because Michelle would feed the birds, and evidently the bird took the corn seed and it got to the ground and it began to grow. And I didn't see it. I turned around, and those things go deep. I'm pulling on this little tiny plant like I'm pulling on a palm tree trying to get it out. But there was growth down on the inside. And that's what his word does. It begins to grow down on the inside of us, and it begins to come out. You know, I was sharing with somebody uh, yesterday when we do the, the food outreach. Uh, we have people that come at 7 in the morning, and they'll wait two hours to receive food. But I always remind myself, and I always remind others, that Jesus had compassion on the people, right? He had compassion. The disciples wanted to send everybody away. It was going to get dark. No, Jesus said, no, no, no. We're, we need to feed them. What do you have? Lord, we don't have 200 denarii. Well, give them something to eat. What do you mean give them something to eat? We just got some loaves and some fish. Jesus' heart was that compassion for the people. And many times we know that um, working with people, working with people at your work, how about people in your family? Some of the most difficult people are in your family, right? Some of the most difficult people are work, but Jesus had compassion on people. He ministered to people. That's something that's a different type of abundance coming out of us, that we have compassion on people, that we care for people. Jesus had the compassion even on those that would say, crucify him. He had compassion. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6. And we're going to read again. You read the Bible, you're going to get all of these different illustrations of, uh, of, of planting it. And Paul says this. He says, I planted... Apollos watered, but God gave the increase. God gave the increase. So I want to encourage you today, and there might be one thing, maybe there's just one topic that you need to be a student of the word about in your life. Maybe it's the biggest battle, the biggest struggle, but it should be something that we become a student of the word to where it's not just something that we just read, but it's something that we memorize and that we meditate on to be an overcomer. Or like Jesus said, that you would receive a 30, 60, or 100 times harvest through that. Whatever it is, that becomes that point of us meditating on his word. And the Bible has every single topic known to our mankind that he can speak to you individually about. Individually about. So I want us to pray this prayer together. In fact, bow your heads if you would with me. And then I'll ask us the question then. And um, pray this prayer if you would after me today. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for the work that you are doing in my heart. My prayer today is that my heart is always good ground for your word. I fully embrace the process of my daily spiritual growth. 
and I will be fruitful as I hear, accept, and act on your word. In Jesus' name. So the biggest thing as God works in our life, the growth, one of the questions is, the growth is to bear fruit for his glory. Bearing fruit for his glory. You wouldn't buy a fruit tree that they told you would never bear fruit. Oh, that's exactly what I'm looking for. I want an apple tree that never produces apples. I just want to say I have an apple tree. No, you don't do that. But it's to bear fruit, not for being, the Bible talks about being puffed up. It's to bear fruit for his glory. It's to be at the right time in the right season to have the right word for somebody. It's to be at the right time in the right place in your life when something comes up that you can go back to the very thing that he promised. On the same day, they dealt with the storm. But Jesus knew exactly what to do, right? That's the part of his word so that on the same day or next week or the next year, you'll know exactly what to do and say because it's already on the inside of you. So, Father, as, as we pray today, we accept that word into our heart to listen, to make time in our day, whether it's our morning or our nighttime, to listen and not be distracted, but to know that your very words will produce an abundance in us, just like you said, this is how the kingdom works. Let your word be a joy. Let your voice we, that we would hear in the morning. Let us remember that um, every morning you're new, your promises for us. We're always on your mind. You know when we lie down and when we wake up. You never leave us. You never forsake us. But let us be found your disciple showing your glory. Because without you, I can do nothing. In Jesus' name we pray. And everyone said, amen. So download the notes. Go over with your family. Um, just tell them this, maybe tonight at dinner. Listen. No, don't say that at dinner time. And then go through the uh, different questions on there as uh, all growing together. All right, well, um, if you need prayer today as we dismiss, please come on up. We would love uh, to pray for you. We don't have our... Worship fact, I was at a pastor's meeting yesterday, and one of the pastors in our district, his youth leader recently left, and so he started the youth group, um, and I thought, well, um, Pete was out today, he wasn't feeling good, so I thought, I could close with a song. See how quiet it got? No, we're good, we just prayed and said amen. All right, the Lord bless you. Happy